You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 216, Nodes of Ron VA, hosted by Dan Terry. But I'm going to kind of need that phone number to, uh, you know, tell you when the CD's done. Buddy Reno. Dead air. Dead air. And Joseph Wren. I mean, I have been playing Cyberpunk so long that I'm about to uninstall it. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you break out the best china when your friends come over, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Buddy. We brought the doom hammer to break some china, if you know what I mean. Oh, man. Let's do it. <laughs> this is this is outrageously exciting. Uh, this band is holds a very special place in my heart. And before we get on with the episode, I just want to personally apologize to the listener that we are going to spend a little bit of time on the first album, a little bit of time on the third and fourth album, but we're going to spend a lot of time on the second album. So just be ready for that. I have my cola-based soda product with some whiskey-type drink in it. Lemmy would be proud. You guys just go all night on that second record if you want. We went all night on that record for Patreon because who doesn't want some serious melodic metalcore in their life? And it is very serious. Like, they brought everything, man. They brought the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. What about the doom hammer? They brought the doom hammer. They broke out the best china. Uh, Nodes of Ranvier is one of those bands that, for the life of me, I can't figure out why they're not around now, as they used to be kind of a, a huge staple for us not like the band staple they, they were all right we, we talked about them on, on patreon but uh i will tell you Gosh, i forgot about them guys right yeah so so did i until we did that patreon i was like i wonder what staples up to nothing they're up to nothing uh but uh, nodes nodes is unfortunately also up to nothing and we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of give our opinions on why we think that may be but uh yeah we, we we've got We've got a fun episode. May not be the longest one you've ever heard, but it is to the point, which is the only way that nodes would want it. Well, before we blink and miss it, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about Five Star Reviews. I do enjoy reading reviews from time to time. So if you feel kind enough to leave us one, leave us one on Apple Podcasts, as I think that is the only place that you can leave us one. Uh, You can go to our Facebook and leave us a review. I'll even read that, too. But uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show like you have. Thank you for all the people that share the episodes and all of you guys that contribute on Patreon every month. Literally, without you guys, there, there would be no show. So thank you so much. Over on YouTube, in reference to episode 203, Skillet, Random Album says... Love y'all's show. Speaking of The Offspring, they have a new album coming out next month. I would love to see a second episode on The Offspring. Sadly, I don't have very high expectations for it. So far, it sounds like it's going to be poppy as fuck. But I really hope they prove me wrong because they can get pretty aggressive and heavy when they want. I agree. I was actually kind of surprised. Um, that, that comment wasn't even about the skillet episode. Uh, but I was actually pretty Random. surprised that uh, The Offspring was as aggressive as they were, especially especially some of their old stuff was a little bit more aggressive, which I 
you tend to see that with more popular bands, uh, except for Skillet, who actually became more aggressive uh, as they went. And then we got to see a more mainstream, like poppy version of the heavier Skillet. So they've definitely gone. Uh, they've definitely gone on quite the ride, much much like the Offspring have. I mean, sign me up for a revisited Offspring episode, but we really don't have much more to say. But that new record, keep your eyes on Patreon. One dollar gets you into that exclusive album review feed. We'll tell you what we think. I guarantee it. <laughs> Hell or high water, right? In reference to episode 212, Testament. Oh, I don't know what happened there. Let me try that again. Testament. Okay. All right. You can't do it, just... can you? Yeah. Uh, YL2K says, hell yeah. <laughs> now time for Morbid Angel. It's on the way. That's what I have to say. I think it's on the schedule. You want me I think to I say actually what week put... it is, or do you want me just to keep that information to myself? I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't like spoiling that sort of stuff. I like people to... To, to have to slog through nine or 10 or 11 or 20 episodes before <laughs> they get to the band that they actually want to hear us talk about. I don't know why, but I get I get a sick pleasure out of that. So, uh, you know, be, be looking out for that. We had an email from, and I'm so sorry if I pronounced this wrong, but you've, you've heard, you know, you've heard our show, so you, you know. Uh, we got an email from Seska uh, Scarabra. No, Scarba. Scarba. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, she says, greetings, beautiful creatures. I happened to stumble across uh, Alone number 85, uh, which was our Virgin Black episode, if you guys don't keep track of them by number like we do. Um, she says, extraordinarily entertaining. I won't take up too much of your time, um, uh, but uh, Piano Miso, uh, the, the long-awaited third album by the band uh, that you know of that trilogy, um, it was recorded at the same time as the other two Requiems, which I didn't know that. So, uh, but at the end of it, she also says, and buddy, you're welcome in, uh, in, in reference to, uh, a buddy actually met his wife through Virgin Black. That was the story we told in that episode. It's so yeah. sweet. Memories. <laughs> I basically used the album to, you know, get my now current wife's phone number, uh, burning her a copy of it. So that's what that's a reference to. So yeah, so now you're, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> Not much to say except you're welcome. <laughs> hey, that's stuck in my head like all day, every day. <laughs> so Dan, tell me about Nodes of Ron VA. Oh my God, I thought you were never going to ask. Oh, Nodes of Ron VA. What have I they, done to myself? They are from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's right here in the good old US of A. And let me tell you, these guys are amazing. They, they've been around or they had been around uh, since 2000 um, and have had quite the lineup. They've had over 18 different band members. And uh, yeah, they, pretty much every time you hear a Nodes album, you're hearing basically a different band. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'm I, I'm comfortable with it uh, for the most part. We're going to get into it. But um, these these were one of my favorites uh, back in the day. One, one of my favorite Face Down Records bands. Uh, this is whenever I was kind of transitioning a little bit from just solid state to like face down type of bands. And um, I remember getting really into Nodes, really into Symphony and Peril. And then there was another band I was into called uh, Mortal Treason at the time who were on Flickr Records. And uh, I remember because we used to call, we actually used to call uh, Mortal Treason Symphony and Zeogene uh, oh, because they sounded that. like, yeah, they sounded like uh, Zeo, Symphony and Peril um, and Norma Jean. But uh, Nodes, Nodes kind of stood out because they were doing something very original. Like they, they were absolutely like a melodic kind of metalcore band uh, for the time. But the vocalist was just sick. I mean, just like completely in your face. Ultra, like like take Zayo's vocals and then drop them by like five, like five octaves. Like 
they're deep but super growly like uh the dude is serious as as, as can possibly be and um that that's really what got us hooked on nodes i remember uh buddy and i were scoring godcore.com one day uh because that's just <laughs> where you that's went that's where you went <laughs> that's where you went and uh we we heard two songs uh by nodes uh one of them was called uh soundtrack for salvation uh and i believe the other one was called the world or maybe it was the world or was it a life way i can't even remember now might have been do you want to dance anyway yeah i don't know all, all i can say is that we were completely blown away our, our little minds were blown we listened to those mp3s because that's what you did you spent a half hour per song downloading each song from godcore and you were just happy if you got an entire song instead of just snippets. Uh, and you also you also used to be able to find this on HardcoreMP3.com, um, some of some of their other songs. But basically, this band blew me away because they play metalcore, but they play like old school metalcore. Uh, this is this is a little bit before the Asley dying takeover <laughs> that took place. Uh, I want to say in like 03, so not far off. But uh, these guys delivered some pretty face melting records in 2002 and 2003, respectively. And then they also they also released two other ones. This band runs the gamut of metalcore in the early 2000s. Sometimes it sounds like Zayo. Sometimes it sounds like Haste the Day. And then it sounds like Norma Jean because why not? You're welcome. Overall, it's heavy. It's melodic. I enjoy it. And Dan, he just can't stop talking about those vocals, man. Those vocals. Let's get into it, man. Let's do the thing we're here to do. Throw my screen up. Just, oh, yeah. just do it one time for Buddy. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's old school. Yeah, Pulling up is. that Wayback Machine God Core. Good gravy. Oh, there it is. Uh, there it is. You're welcome. <clears throat> 2002. Lost sense. More innocence. Get it? I got one question sense. for you. So much sense. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm just going to ask you guys a very serious question. Do, Do you want to dance? Do you? I will. You're not going to dance. You're going to stand in the back with your arms folded. I'm going to be lost in the pit somewhere, dancing, while I'm surrounded by other people that are hardcore dancing, if you can call that dancing. <laughs> and then Buddy will come out of nowhere with a giant ninja flip. Oh, yeah. Take I hardcore would dancing to the next level. I would land on my face if level. I did that. <laughs> Do You Want to Dance starts off very melodically. You're going to find on this record that this band... Um, you're going to find that this band likes to open their songs up with something really melodic on this record. Um, yeah. Every every song has kind of this 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 really kind of hooky melodic intro that they don't really ever do again. This record is very much a product of the times in the sense that they will play 20 different riffs in the span of three minutes. And it's like, okay, this one's done. Okay, we're going to go to the next, this part. Now we're going to go to this part. But Nodes was able to tie all that together into what actually sounded like a real song. Uh, whereas, you know, they weren't as bad as like a Symphony in Peril who was notorious for that, playing a riff for 10 seconds and then switching to something else. Yeah, because, um, I mean, a lot of other, you know, hardcore bands and metalcore bands at that time, they, it just felt like the riffs were just kind of glued together. But there's something with the way, like, you could tell that they were really confident in their musicianship because all these tracks, even though they it did seem like, you know, if you took it piece by piece, it's we're going to glue these, you know, um, riffs together, but they all still feel like they were meant for that section. Like they all feel like a logical progression of each other instead of just this riff was cool. Let's put it here. This riff was cool. Let's put it there. And that's a little different from what other metalcore bands did, where they just played a riff and then stopped and then played another riff and stopped. While this band definitely does that, this record has a little bit more composition Yes, they do that start-stop thing, but 
it doesn't sound forced as much as they wrote it that way. Honest, I think, is the word I'm trying to say. It sounds like it makes sense and yeah. sounds like an old school metalcore record to me. It's heavy. Yeah. I love it. Do You Want to Dance is one of my favorite album openers of all time just because of the opening lines. And the guy's got just the the deepest, coolest register. And like the, the intro is so melodic that you wouldn't like you're almost not really expecting the vocals to sound like that. Uh, and then he comes in with some of the most brutal lyrics ever. He's just like, I want to dance and I want to see blood dance and we're going to see pain written on the face of my innocent child. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you boys sure this is a Christian band? Um, You know, the song does have a date on it. Let's be honest. It does. 9-11-2001. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, they're definitely trying to invoke something. Uh, some things that I like about this record that they don't really do on any of the other records, even the self-titled, which is just a completely just wonderful album. Uh, but the uh, there's a lot of cool stuff vocally that goes on. There's a little bit of clean vocal thrown in there, but there's a lot of talking, which is something that I'm a big fan of. But it's not talking in like a you know you know the band's playing the riff and then some idiot comes back comes in and is all like you know. An illness to call your own, or something like that. You know, like um, it's not just some moron doing something like that. I but see what you did there. It's it's more like um, like there's a lot of weird whispering and like background chattering going on in the songs. Like vocally, it's like a masterpiece, and in, in like just being kind of eerie. There's just so much going on, and it gets really out of control once you get all the way to the song Adam at the very end, which is like starts off clean or whatever, but then like. It's like clean and pretty melodic and the dude's like talking and then like you just hear these gut-wrenching screams in the back and at some point somebody says Satan. You know, I mean, it's just, it's terrifying. It is a terrifying song. Uh, But then at the end of it, it gets all melodic and he's like, but we have one thing for hope. We have Jesus Christ. And then it becomes all pretty and happy and uh, just the the dynamics of this album are just all over the place, you know? And uh, it's, it, I do not think that this is their best record, but it is absolutely like, only like 20% less than their than their self-titled. Um, just in the sense that we haven't even talked about that record. I'm already comparing the other records to it. But like <laughs> this, this record is, it's enough to get you into the band. It's enough to show you the potential. But I think it's it's a little too Zayo in a few places. And I don't mind that because Zayo is the only other band I could think of that kind of creates this like kind of creepy atmosphere. Um, the, you know, when the singer is like, it's like talking clean. Uh, it's very rem- reminiscent of what Dan does on the Zayo records, and his voice does sound like a Zayo voice, but like I said, it's almost like pitch-shifted down in a way. It's not actually pitch-shifted, that's just what his voice sounds like, but um, it, it, it does it does wear a little bit of that Zayo influence on its sleeve a little too much, so it loses a couple points in the originality department for me, but in comparison to the other bands that were coming out at the time, this was wholly original. Yeah, I you think know? you touched on something that um, I think also like sets this band apart is the word dynamic. And it's that they're not afraid to, you know, drop the sound down and play clean, play melodic and let the songs breathe because that gives them some sense of, you know, memorability to it because the, you know, it's commonly throughout the album songs will drop down and they'll do like some kind of interlude and then they come back in really hard and punch and, that that those times are when it creates those hooks and you know those are the things that you get stuck in your head absolutely and i mean as much as i love this record um i i let's be honest like because we heard this one 
but the self-titled album was the first record that we went out and bought as a new release. I'm trying to find. I think it's at the end of Soundtrack for Salvation. It's where uh, I think that's where we started making that joke about how, you know, uh, was it like satanic metal bands? They all sing like Satan. But then at the end of Soundtrack for Salvation, he's just screaming, Jesus. I know, right? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Sean if he's listening. I like how this record is very similar to the metalcore stereotypes in 2002, but it really doesn't sound like those other bands. It has an underground feel. It sounds a little dirty, but it's not blatantly a hardcore record. This one overall feels heavier, and that's going to be important in 2003, Nodes of Ranvier. So have you guys ever like gone over to a friend's house before and like, you you know, you know this person, you haven't known him that long. You've only known him for about, I don't know, like a year and you know, you're, you're good buds and everything. And you know, you talk sometimes and you decide to go over to their house one day and they're like, yeah, come over. I like, I've got beer, I've got chips, I've got pizza, I've got everything, you know, it's cool. Let's, let's do it. And so you knock on the door, they open the door and then they just punch you in the face immediately. That's what this record sounds like when you turn it, when you first turn it on. Literally, you just it opens up to silence, and then you just hear, this is Jimmy Page, and I want to hear some rock and roll, and then, you like, uh, you're just, you're not ready for it, because this is a band that faked us out on every track on the last album. It all started with something pretty, something melodic, so you're, you're, you're expecting something like, do you want to dance? But no, they don't care about that, okay? They, they, we're we're going to be, we're going to be as, aggress- as aggressive as possible right out the gate. So a clean hand and a clear conscience. Oh my God, so good. But I mean, what's awesome is that even though they're so brutal up front, they don't lose the part that makes them them, which is that dynamic aspect. You know, they back up and they play, you know, softly or melodically, and then they punch back in. And yeah, it it sells this entire album on every single track. You know, I mean, for me, there's not a bad moment on this album at all. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He goes back into the clean talking and he's like, and bow, or he's he's like, and bow down to the kings of your scene and abide by the punk rock laws. But as for, me, as for me, I'll stay sober. I'll stay sober. Like, oh my God. Like, oh, I can't, I just can't get past it. How he just, how he just has that voice. And I'm that, I'm so jealous of it. Like it is, it is otherworldly good. Uh, and and I, I, I can't, oh, I can't get past it. Um, a, a clean head and a clear conscience, like 10 out of 10, you know, would listen to again. And I have, um, I'm listening Many to times. it. I'm listening to it right now in flack. So, you know, <laughs> it really, really gets that punch in there. Oh, uh, yeah. but then it goes right into eight weeks of privilege, no time for regret. And, and so this one starts off dissonant, but melodic. That's it's, it's the band's dynamics again, coming in really, really, really hard on this, where it just comes in. It's chaotic. It's, it's a flurry of screams. And you've got that, you've got that that we all love out of metalcore. Like it just, ugh, oh, and there's so many my skin off, dude. There's so many quotable lines, even from this song and just every other song that's on this album. Like, yeah. So if you guys have ever heard the end of Destiny song, uh, "Luxury Suicide," removing my hands from my throat, uh, that is where that, that this song is where that that song name comes from. Because literally he goes oh, yeah. into it, and he goes literally removing the hands from my throat. Uh, my heart oh, and, is too secure for your insecurities. Oh, and we apologize right now because this is this. We said we were going to spend a lot of time on this album and we're probably just going to go track by track. Oh, my God. 
we don't do it that often, so I'm hoping Joe gives us a free pass this time. Definitely not. I'm going to say it right <laughs> out of the gate. I said it on Patreon. He's still not happy when I say it. This band has a haste the day vibe on this record. That's not a bad thing. It's yeah, executed. like haste the day goes and gets them coffee or something. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's more like haste the day has a nodes vibe. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking at the timeline to tell you which one of us is correct in this scenario. The point is, you can be melodic and play metalcore, and it be interesting. Oh yeah, that's and the thing about this album is it's it makes it so interesting. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the tropes. You can hear the tropes. They are there. Everything that this band does, I've heard someone else do, but for some reason, the way Nodes of Ranvier puts it together on this record, it flows from beginning to end and executes an atmospheric composition in a way that you feel better when you're done with the record than when you started, but you can pick the record up and play any track, and it's like a breath of fresh air no matter what you're listening to. You know, I wonder if it feels like... like the the music accentuates the vocals and what they're saying at the time as well. Um, like, you know, sometimes you get those bands where I mean, I could be completely wrong about this, but you get bands where it's like they they get they get together and they make the they make the song essentially. And then the singer comes in and kind of just is like, all right, I'm going to this is kind of what I want to sing about. And I'm going to kind of write it around the music, you know, in a way. And it feels like they all collaborated on concepts and themes and you know the singer came up with the lyrics and they worked the music around those words like especially in in eight weeks you know he's accentuating the word coward in that bridge line and it just feels like the music is just supporting those lyrics every time congratulations buddy you nailed what's awesome about this band it sounds like a group working together to create an awesome composition instead of it being mm. one person who's the leader who makes all the decisions. Um, yeah, I think that like my favorite part of eight weeks of privilege, no time for regret is how like I, I think it's like probably, oh, I don't know, maybe like two minutes into the song. It's an unusually long song for this record. This is not a long record. Uh but they like they start playing this like really they a fairly generic metalcore riff, but they're playing it at like one fourth the normal speed. Yeah, and he's just like, "Go on, quit wasting my time, spend more time on you." And then he goes into that like, "To the eye you are sweet, to the but to the soul you're sour." And then like once they build that up for for you know about a minute, minute and a half, and then they start playing the generic metalcore riff like at the normal speed. And even though it's a generic riff, like you're ready for it. Like you now, now you want that to happen as they've teased it, you know, throughout the entire time. You want them to go into that full rock out mode. Uh, and they do not disappoint. This song is, you know, like 27 out of 10. You uh, mentioned would listen you know, again. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, the, the riff that's around 210. I think this is where it gets into like, you know, the, the musicianship instead of just gluing, you know, riffs together because the riff at two minutes on this song uh eight weeks of no privilege that is and then back again at like three three minutes it's the same riff but they play it at a slightly faster pace at the end and that's because they're they're showcasing like this is the intensity you know of the song because the song is building to its crescendo and you know that that just shows right there like they know what they're doing and it friggin shows Right, because insert name of As I Lay Dying sound alike band. 
that song is three minutes long. It's much faster, and it doesn't build to anything. It's just yeah. play the generic metalcore riff, now play the melodic part, now play the generic metalcore riff, and we're done. Yeah, it works because there's not a formula. There's the nodes formula, you know? Um and then you know they don't they don't shy away they don't they don't slow it down here they you go right into butcher the baker plus the candlestick maker uh, <laughs> right after this and it is just it's an onslaught I mean what else can there can I really say uh, I almost blew the speakers on my sound system listened to this earlier today and um, like my ears are still kind of ringing from it because I'm an old person and I have tinnitus now so it's like one of those things but. You know, um, this song absolutely blows out of the water. This buddy and I used to play this all the time on our radio show where it was just like anytime we were like, I really want to listen to something heavy and I'm tired of taking requests. Yep. Butcher plus Baker, butcher the Baker plus the candlestick maker. Let's go. Um, this song, oh, this song's incredible. Um, uh, and as, as, as fun as the title is, it's like actually like about like some kind of like really personal experience. I don't know exactly what that experience is, but it's, it's a, actually a very emotional song. Like to the point where they eventually cut out and go like completely acoustic at one point. Yeah, it really sets up, though, um, you know, another big uh, like, I think, aspect of good albums is that there's they pay attention to the album order, you know, and so sequencing, baby. Yeah, exactly. It my specialty. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a, a heavy song, you know, but then they do drop it out and it it feels like it naturally leads into the fourth track you know hilariously titled number four you know <laughs> yeah number four and you're like oh god an instrumental song no man i mean yes it is an instrumental song but like this song will make you feel things <laughs> it will make you feel good uh it's one of the best instrumentals that i've heard uh four minutes long kind of long for a node song but uh it's interesting it, it still has all the same dynamic shift uh that you would be you know that you would that you would have signed up for at this point this doesn't let you down this is this is a slowing it down to an extent, but uh, but I like it. I, I like the emotional, uh, the emotional melodic playing, the kind of uh, harmonized like dual guitar going on. It's really good. It's textured, and it's really it's it sounds great. I mean, stuff like this again, you know, is showing the confidence of the band in general that they'll dedicate four minutes of a thirty-four minute album to an entire track of just music. You know, no vocals like that showcases their confidence in their ability to write good songs and interesting songs that, you know, they'll essentially out of 10 songs waste one, you know? Yeah. Quote unquote. I don't think it's wasted because I think it's a, an amazing track, but you know, a lot of people would think, Oh, there's no lyrics. It's wasted. You know, but skip it. And it's like, no, don't and that's skip usually this. what I say, but yeah, <laughs> it's because you're a meathead. <laughs> this record's basically like an EP. I mean, they threw two songs away. The end is also a wasted song, uh, but you know, we'll get to that. Uh, but you know, we also don't want to blink or we may miss it. Um, this is kind of like, I would say this is like the big song on the record. You know, this is the one that really ties the room together. You know, it's the dude's rug and the big Lebowski. It really ties the record together. You know, uh, don't blink or we may miss it is uh, they're doing the, what they did on the first album again. It's a nice, pretty melodic intro. And then you kind of pause and it's just, and then you're just suddenly into it. The very idea of beauty died so long ago. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, like these guys are not messing around. These are some of the, like, oh, I just, I, I could write a book about this record, honestly. Like, yeah, I mean, this Joe, is that song. Go ahead. Joe and I mentioned, you know, the concept of hidden gems in our, in one of our Patreon episodes. And 
This is absolutely that. I think this is a record that gets overlooked by people, and what they're really overlooking is is a literally a like in my top ten, <laughs> you know, records of all time. Um, this had this this song itself had such a profound effect on me, and I think that it's also like it sounds the most like their previous record. Um, I almost feel like they might might have sat down and wrote this like almost immediately after, you know, like it had to have been in the first batch of songs for this record. Could totally be wrong about that, but absolutely this this song 100% slays. And uh, this is where they start bringing the clean vocals in there again that they had before. And that's one thing I love about what I love about Nodes is that yeah, the clean vocals they're a little they're a little 2003. Let's put it that way. Um, but they don't they only use them when they're necessary. These songs they don't force choruses into these songs. Yeah, they, they don't they, they don't bust into those. Yeah, they don't bust into the clean vocals very much. And so whenever they do use the clean vocals, it's profound and it makes sense and it feels, you know, right. But we can't move on from this album without talking about, oh yeah, well my daddy died with the needle in his arm. <laughs> oh my god. Super creepy intro, which is appropriate cuz it's a super creepy song. Um, my goodness. Uh, it starts. No, I mean, not quite like that, but it's, it's different. And then again, much like the first song, you're like sitting in this kind of false sense of security. You're a little creeped out, but for the most part, you're all right. And then just started break out the best China. And you're like, Oh God. Um, the aftermath, uh, the, the sheer amount of guitar shreddage that's going on between the breakdowns here. Is ridiculous. Like they're they're like they're like noodling around in this song, you know. And it's like it's metalcore from 2003, but they're playing like a legit metal band. Like this is insane. Um, vocals are crazy. All kinds of 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 cool like guitar noodle noodling going on. Heavy breakdowns, and then you get into the actual lyrical content, which is about like a rock star committing suicide, and how this song musically and lyrically documents that process all the way up till like all the way up until the this insane everybody get ready to laugh because i'm about to say the word climax um but once you get to the climax it is you are left feeling absolutely cold like the build up to that to the build up to that part is it almost seems never ending like it's not that long of a song but like it it goes on for like a good minute before you get to that point i mean this song is you don't feel good after the end of this one you know if you pay attention at all to what's being said but you know it's yeah <laughs> this one will wreck you yeah i mean just it, it's it's almost it goes into creepy uh it goes into creepy um like uh like creepy chants but they're like hardcore vocals so he's like so you know towards the end it's like it's like building up and he's just yelling like oh opiate oh revolver oh, ro- oh opiate oh revolver oh opiate a revolver and then you just it just builds up and it's like dinner dinner and then boom and then silence and he's like another dead rock star rest in peace and you're like did i just listen to a suicide like i mean it's it's terrifying it's not something it, there, there is I, i'll tell i'll make this claim there is no other song from a christian metalcore band from 2003 that evokes the same feeling that this song evokes it is it is absolutely one of the darkest moments in face down records history man yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy and then it just draws out its ending too like it doesn't you know it's not like it uh carries the breakdown to the end or anything that's what's great about this album it takes you on that journey and unfortunately this is the darkness in that journey 
You know, it's like never-ending story when Artex is in the swamp of sadness and doesn't get out. Did that have to happen for the movie to make me connect with that character? No. But when it did happen, I was upset. New York City, 1963. I'm only going to mention this because I'm not going to... We're going to stop the track by track here. But oh my <laughs> goodness. That point where he's like, uh, you know, are there any things, you know, in particular that you're angry about? And he's like, I'm not angry. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just hilarious. That's a great song. There's a great little uh, like acapella ba, ba, da, ba, 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 da, going on in that song. Yeah, that's their kind of like weird, weird track. This is where the record starts getting kind of like artsy, and I love oh, they, it. They still bring the pain on it, though, too, which is great. So much pain. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the Nodes of Ron VA self-titled is like one of the greatest metalcore albums ever recorded. Like, just straight up. Like... Uh, you know, you don't expect it from a band like this. Four records, face on records. Not that the face on records bands are bad, but like they don't have a lot of longevity. Uh, a lot of the times, that they're they're usually just a couple albums and done. Um, so I, all I have to say is that I, I could not have been more excited for the years to come to come out. Yeah, because I in, mean, yeah, go ahead. Until until the years to come came out, two thousand and five. Uh, you know, I don't think I heard a track from this album because I didn't want to spoil it, and I went out. And I bought it at Best Buy because that's what you did, you know, in what, 05? Is that when this came out, I think? We were still and stopping at Krispy Kreme on the way there and on yeah. the way out of there. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine how Buddy, we just you can't talked- take the box inside the store. <laughs> <laughs> but the box must stay with me. <laughs> now, you can imagine, we, we, as much as we just talked about that album, like we ate this album up, you know, at this point now, we've still been listening to it for 18 years. And so we've had this album spinning for two years on rotation, you know, constantly. And so we walk in excited for the new notes around VA. And I think I don't I think we knew that there was a, a lead singer change. I don't remember if we knew that going in, but I, I'm pretty positive. I didn't listen to anything before I bought it. Pop that into the CD player in the car. And it's it starts out like thinking, oh, man, this is going to be good. And then those vocals kick in. I almost took the CD out of your CD player and threw it out the window. But like you just bought it. So that would have been like a shitty thing to do. But like, yeah, that would have been <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it was it's hard because it's the same band minus the vocalist and minus all the creativity. It yeah, was the vocalist the only thing that changed. I don't know. That's a good question. Something, you know, uh, if you're listening to this episode, and you know exactly how many people change between those records. Please uh, let us know in a comment or something um, and, you know, educate us on this. But yeah, these vocals, man, um, I don't know what they were thinking with these. Um, you know, there's there's vocals and there's like fake vocals. <laughs> these are these are definitely fake vocals. I mean, they're not fake in that like they're computer assisted, but like if I got down and puked in a bucket, this is what the vocals not this record would sound like. And like, I'm not joking. Like, go listen to the record. That's what the vocals sound like, except like well produced. So you get a better version yeah. of the bad sound. He's like, bruh, 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 bruh. It, it almost sounds like he's inhaling instead was, of exhaling. And it just doesn't, it's hard uh, to take seriously. Yeah. And it, it seems like they're going really hard for like a hard rock vibe on this one. But they're playing like generic metalcore riffs for 2006. And the song's kind of follow like the normal metalcore formula and i don't know if they were doing this just to try to get more popular or whatever but like this record goes on for an excessive 12 tracks and Over 40 minutes yeah 
And like the last record was like less than a half hour long and was incredible. It was 34. Yeah. You know, um, brev- brevity, man. Brevity is important sometimes. Uh, pff, uh, I don't think brevity would have saved this one. Like it's those vo- the vocals, the the styling of the vocals, I think, completely killed it. Because uh, as I, I listened to this album about three times today, um, just trying to wrap my head around it again. Now, O3 me hated this completely. Like I just couldn't stand this. And then, um, you know, listening to it now, it's not as bad as I remember it, but it's not nodes. That's for that's for damn sure. Yeah, um, it's not nodes. But the, the mu- musically, it's still really good musically. Like again, all my favorite tracks. Because I, I was like going through, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember liking this track. And the common thing between all of those tracks that I love the most, they had no vocals on them. Or if they did, like Grave, um, it they they were not screamed vocals. So you guys mentioned the lineup changes on this album. Yeah. Nick Murphy was playing bass for this band in the time frame between the self-titled release and this record. And then when Tommy left the band and was no longer the vocalist that you know and love, Nick just transitioned into the vocalist spot. So for this record, they have a different bass player and the previous bass player is now doing the vocals. You'll be happy to know this is the only time he did that. Yeah, they quickly, he left the band and so did uh, Terry Taylor uh, before they came out with, long before they came out with uh, the uh, follow-up record. I don't hate this one. I'm not as nostalgic for the self-titled record as the two of you are. I agree. That album is a metalcore masterpiece, but this one is that follow-up to the masterpiece in my eyes. You can't do that again, but you could put a little more time into it instead of putting out the first thing that comes to mind, which at this time was what we were used to. You hear that masterpiece yeah. and then you hear the follow-up, which just sounds like the record label came in and said, we need you to put out another album because we didn't learn from Hootie and the Blowfish. Just keep playing the songs people like, guys. You know, we have <laughs> to do this shit again. Did, I think Hootie don't. over this. Hootie has a beautiful, has beautiful <laughs> vocals. Um, but With a little love just, and tenderness, man. Come on. I don't know, man. Like, it just, I, I'm just going to say it. I never say that on this podcast, but it just sucks. Like, in comparison to the last record, it just sucks. Like, I hate it. <laughs> I, I can't see, stand like, listening to it. I could see, like, if you heard this first, you know, it, you know, it's, again, because my 2021 ears, it, the vocals aren't as bad to me, but... Yeah, comparatively to the self-titled, it's not a good record. Yeah, it's really not. It's acceptable for 2005, but not in comparison to the previous album. Interestingly, though, um, you know, musically, they kept a lot of the dynamics and things that still made them notes. Um, but yeah, the once you once you slather the vocals on, it just it just can't hang. Yeah, it just can't hang. And speaking of records that can't hang, they did kind of come. They did kind of. They made a brief comeback, and and it's also interesting to note that this was not uh, th- this next record that comes out. And I don't know if this one did also. Uh, I believe they made a switch to Victory Records in between albums. They did. Oh, before we move to the next album, definitely listen to Novocaine for no reason off of the years to come because that intro is really creepy with the little girl saying she's walking up the stairs and I saw a man who wasn't there. Like, just think about that. That's that is kind of creepy. creepy. Yeah. yeah, it's like that scene from Poltergeist, right? <laughs> 2007 defined by struggle okay so defined by struggle is a really great record 
by a band, but not but but not by Nodes of Ranvier. <laughs> like, but Nodes I, of Ranvier put it out, Dan. So it's a good album by Nodes of Ranvier, is what you're saying. I mean, it says mm. Nodes of Ranvier on the cover. <laughs> I mean, it does say that. I can't deny that. Uh, but this is like. This is more of just like a straight ahead metalcore record, and I like it because it's not generic at all. It sounds nothing like the th previous three records. And yeah. like, but that's not a bad thing. It was kind of a breath of fresh air. Different vocalist on this one who was much, much better. Um, nobody can touch the original vocalist, but um, but this is all right. Like, you know, his, his voice sounds good. He sounds pissed off. Um, he, he does unfortunately fall into this category of maybe he was like nervous when he was recording the lyrics because it sounds like he's reading off of a sheet while he's doing the takes, you know? And that, that kind of, like, bugs me a little bit. Um, like, it just, the vocals are very, like, dun, dun, like, like I'm going to sing exactly here in, during this measure in this time. Like, um, it, it seems very calculated. But I, I do enjoy the guitar shred. I enjoy the breakdowns. Um, I enjoy it as, as a catchy, hardcore, uh, hardcore metalcore sort of record. It's it's good, um, but it just doesn't... They're not even the same band at this point. Yeah, they lose all the dynamics that made Nodes Around VA what they were. Because um, it's, yeah, it's pretty much a straight-ahead, like, metalcore record. You know, it's not really melodic hardcore or anything like that, you know, anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it's good, you know, like... I, I, there's songs I like on it for sure, but um, you know, if I had, if I only had a, a half hour, I'm not going to choose to listen to this one. I'm going to go back to the self-titled every time. Dynamics are Agreed. important when you've set that expectation, and this band has clearly executed the dynamics in the past. But the single member who survived a previous lineup change is the guitarist. I get the impression he is not the one who designed those dynamics because now you have a new band and you're just trying to be as heavy as possible. In 2007, when Metalcore was in full swing, I don't hate this album, but Nodes of Ron VA just has this expectation in my brain that I'm not going to get the generic Metalcore thing. At the same time, I think they tried the best they could, and there must be a reason why this is the last record. So overall, I enjoy the band. This is not my final thought. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the level be. of dynamics that this band delivers is a blueprint that other bands should have followed in 2007 when Metalcore was full pop. Are we ready for final thoughts then? I mean, I would say so, man. Who, who wants to go first? Eeny, meeny, final thoughts on Nodes of Ranvier, buddy. All right, so, I mean, if it isn't if it isn't clear already, um, you know, the self-titled album is where it's at. Um, if you're going to pick one album to listen to by them, just grab that one and listen to the Nodes of Ranvier self-titled. Um, you're not going to have a bad time. It's going to be a banger on every track. Um, not to say that there isn't good songs on the other albums, but... Um, you know, with the first album, it'll be it'll be just as good. You know, not not quite as good as the self-titled, but it'll be great. But the last two, you're probably going to pick and choose uh, things you like off it. They're still decent albums, um, but they have their own feel and their own, you know, thing going for them. Um, but yeah, if there's one thing you do, you do after you listen to this podcast, it's go listen to that self-titled and understand why Dan and I have spun this album for 18 years. Dan, what about you? 
Nodes of Ranvier is a band that had so much potential, and we saw what they were capable of doing on that sec- on that self-titled record, and 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 um and even on the first record, uh, Lost Senses, More Innocence. You know, like that 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 one had it too. But I just think that with with some measure of success, you know, um, and 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 changes in the band, and you know, finding dudes that are going to show up and play, it's it's challenging. And when I think whenever you change the lineup to the extent that they did, you unfortunately end up with what sounds like three different bands at the, at the end of the day. And um, for some people, that maybe is a good thing. I mean, I do enjoy variety, but in this particular case, I can't I can't abide by two by you know one okay album, one really bad one, one perfect one, and then one that's you know not quite as perfect as the perfect one. I think Nodes of Ranvier hit a sweet spot in metalcore that a lot of bands got very close to, but nobody grabbed it. You have those gems of records that you go back and listen to because there's a reason we all liked listening to metalcore back in the day. Nodes of Ranvier is a band that conveys an idea that metalcore really could have been an in-depth genre that took you on a journey but nobody could latch onto that. Everybody else picked an atmosphere for that album and then just did what Zayo did or did what Haste the Day did or played the generic As I Lay Dying riff. And that was fine at the time, but a lot of those records we don't go back to. We're always going to go back to Nodes of Ranvier, the self-titled, but are we going to go back to the band as a whole? There are gems here, and I think the band is worth listening to, but I lean on Dan and Buddy for this one. The self-titled is a masterpiece, and you need to spend a lot of time with it. So listen to Notes of Ron VA. If you play your cards right, you will not be disappointed. Dan, what's your album of the week? I mean, without a doubt, completely hands down, it's misled by certainty by Cephalic Carnage. I mean, it just is. Buddy, what about you? Hmm. Probably, well, I've been working the past couple of days. I've been listening to Damnation by Opeth and... Uh, when I finish that, I switch over to Mere Reaper by Bell Witch, and then I switch over to the self-titled Notes of Ravier. So it's kind of a three-way tie because I just keep going round and round in a circle between all three of them. I don't let I don't people believe have you. multiple I believe picks, but I'm going to have to let Buddy have multiple picks because he has the hammer. I don't believe him. If he started listening <laughs> to that Bell Witch album, he'd still be listening to it. <laughs> I have so much more time to listen to music now. It's It's awesome. Working from home is the best. <laughs> I mean that Bell Bellwitch record. Is it an album? Is it a single? I no one knows, <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. Funeral doom for the win. For me, it's Phantasmagore by Deadsy. Just driving down the highway with the windows down, blasting that shit makes you feel good inside. Because who doesn't need more Deadsy in their life? Take us out, DFT. What is up, all you fine folks in podcast land? Hi, Dan. I just want to thank you sincerely for listening to these episodes, listening to the podcast every single week and, and listening to our opinions uh, and not completely jumping down our throats for the opinions that we that we throw out there. Uh, it's actually kind of incredible to me. But uh, if you're looking for other ways to, uh, to get in touch with us or the podcast, uh, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can tweet at us uh, at Discuss Metal. You can find us on Instagram uh, at Discuss Metal as well. You can go to our website, www.youguessedit.discussmetal.com. 
And uh, you can send an email to us at show at gmail.com. And uh, you can always join our Discord server. There's a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Discord server where there are fans of the show talking all the time about a variety of different topics. And uh, it's quite enjoyable. You might want to turn notifications off, though, because uh, your phone will explode. But I, but I, I enjoy it. Bring it on. Um, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. If you want some sweet, sweet discography discussion merch, you can head over to our Teespring store where we've got a variety of products with our logo lavished all over it. I think there's even socks over there. So if you want some new socks, if when you put your feet together, it says discography discussion, we could do that for you. So, you know, check it out. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. And on that note, this has been episode 216 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money, please. Wait a minute. What? We don't normally do this, but if you're still listening to this uh, at this point, uh, Jeff uh, popped in about halfway through the recording of this episode. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a special guest. It's a, it's an Easter egg. Tune in. You're going to get to hear some Jeff. Yeah, I get one line. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but at least I got to stare at that glorious long hair. <laughs> oh, dude, this is my COVID hair. I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't cut my hair since, well, for a year. Oh, his That's hair why has it's so long. One dollar gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 